first of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these you, young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Welcome to episode 17 of Big Nate Talk Podcast. Um, if you're enjoying the content that you're seeing and you want to see more like this, be sure to consider hitting that subscribe button on notification bells on. Hit that thumbs up. Ladies and gentlemen, have a special guest with me. He is returned again. Nicholas, Nick Rosario from Let's Talk Football uh, will help me tonight. We're going to talk about a few couple of just little things. So as I mentioned last night in episode 16, I'm going to, I was going to put the divisional recap so far on hold until today. And we're talking about the Chicago Bears. Nick, so I'm going to give Nick the floor on that. Oh. And um, also, we're going to do a recap on the season, what we like, what we didn't like about it. And also, too, um, Nicholas can brag because the Chicago Sky are going to the WNBA Finals. Yes, so, they are. Let's all hail the Sky. Yes. Fantastic. I like it. So uh, this is going to be just a quick – Maybe this is, episode's not going to be long, ladies and gentlemen. So – uh, <clears throat> Nick. Yes, sir. Let's let's talk about the Chicago Bears. We're two oh, and two. Why don't we? Okay, two and two. Yes. <laughs> you know we're going. You guys are going against Oakland. Uh, I feel like you got a morale. I feel like the win last week against Detroit was a morale win. Um, after the, the you know the Cleveland Brown perform against the, the performance against the Browns. Yeah. But as a collective unit, you only have forty-seven yards. Um. Well, and then when you put in all the sacks, it was basically, I think it was minus one yard. Was it, just, it was plus one yard, whatever it was. We had like a yard of total offense after all this. If you include all the sacks with the 47 yards, I think we only had like one positive yard of offense for the whole game. Yeah, that was that was bad. And, and again, we've talked about it. I know you've talked about it a little bit on your show. We talked about it on the round table. Yep. It was a very embarrassing performance, obviously. And you know, something had to happen. And I you know, I, I again I know Justin Fields was the quarterback that week. And so he deserves a bit of the blame in a sense, but a lot of that was coaching, horrible setup. They you know, they set up that poor kid to fail basically. And, you know, nine sacks is ridiculous. I don't care who you are, you should be ashamed of yourself. If you let your quarterback get sacked nine times, I, I don't care who's on. The, I don't care who's across from you on the defensive line. That's a damn shame. I agree. So, so again, we got, you know, Dalton was still hurt uh, for last week. So Fields was back in there, and yes, I and you know again, and I hate I even hate to justify it like that because people are like, well, yes, obviously we know they were playing the Lions. But again, to me, those are still professional foot players, football players on the, yeah. professional football players on the other side of the ball. And again, the Lions had chances against us, and they shot themselves in the foot. We played some decent defense in the red zone, okay, and we won the game with Justin Fields as the, at the quarterback. And yes, Justin obviously had a much better game. He looked much more comfortable, as it were. Right. Uh, he looked a little more confident. In some of the decisions that he made, 
and it showed in some of the throws that he made and some of the time that he had to get the ball out or to decide to run or to decide to do so. Everything about last week was great, right? So you figure, okay, we're two and two after last week. We're riding a little bit high because, you know, Justin Fields had a pretty good game. And then comes Monday where Matt Nagy reiterates in a press conference that, well, if healthy, Andy Dalton is our starter. And so, again, you've got all of Chicago in an uproar because Matt Nagy decides that it's still it's still about him and it's still it's about still, what he's what he's what trying he to do, to what he's trying to right, what he's trying to push, and what he's trying to get across. Now, the magic part of all that, for those of you who are paying attention closely, a mere forty-eight hours later, for whatever reason, Mr. Nagy changes his tune and during the press conference on Wednesday announces that going forward, forward. Justin Fields is our starter. Well, holy cow, and somebody call me a priest because the revelation finally came to Matt Nagy, however it came to him. And our, again, I've been reading a lot about this because a lot of the local Chicago papers and sports outlets obviously are covering this. And it's a, and this is what, if this is true, then I'm very encouraged by this because I was reading an article just this morning that said that they're, that the, the sources, are that this decision came from up above, meaning that management actually stepped in and said something. And if that's the case, that's very encouraging to me that they would do that. So I hope I that it... With oh, children. my God. Thank you, really? R. Kelly. Even though R. Kelly's got his own problems and, you know... <laughs> but, yeah, I I read a thing where they said that they... They believe that that decision came from up above. And again, I could see that because, again, 48 hours previous, you still you had Matt saying that Andy Dalton was going to be the starter of healthy. So, my question is did that come from Ryan Pace or that came from ownership? I would, well, okay, if I had to wager a guess, and this is just probably like kind of G- George McCaskey through Ryan Pace, as it were. Telling Matt Nagy, hey, buddy, let's think about this for a moment. What are you doing? You know, our, both of our jobs are on the line here, not just yours. <laughs> you know, because Pace's job, I think, is on the line as well. I so believe I, I so. Would, I, I would kind of think that, you know, Pace, you know, probably chuckled in his ear a little bit and go, hey, you know, Matt, maybe we should, you know, this Justin Fields thing is taking on a life of its own, buddy, and the kids are ready and willing, and he's excited, and he wants to get in there, and Andy still kind of hurt, so maybe we should just, you know, going forward, let's just go with the kid. So they are. And so here we are. Five. We are traveling to the brand new stadium there in Las Vegas to play the Raiders. And we are a five point, at least last time I checked, a five point underdog. Here's how I feel about this. Um, With Justin Fields in the lineup, I feel we have a better chance at winning this game. And the reason why um, is just that that lost self always seems to be like Jekyll and Hyde. Like one week it's, it's this, they play great. One week there's this mistakes and there's too many things going on and whatever, whatever, you know, their, their record is similar to ours. So you got, you know, you got a group of guys here who, you know, in the Raiders that are, are very talented. I mean, don't get me wrong. 
the offense that they have is actually pretty good. But again, it rides and dies with Derek Carr, it seems. I if agree. he's playing well, they're playing well. If he's not playing well, the offense really struggles. Which, again, the quarterback is the most important position in that sense. And their defense is so well, wishy-washy at times, it's hard to predict. I mean, you can score on Las Vegas, and that's the thing. Um, I know that we're going to be without David Montgomery, of course. Because he is. Uh, yeah, that, that's a big hit. Uh, but we'll see what Damian Williams can do. He's obviously going to get some more carries. You'll probably see some Khalil Herbert thrown in there. Um, you know, again, I just – I I feel that this is the right move. I thought it was the right move before, but the, now is the time, okay? You, the, made, the move has been made now. So going forward, Justin Fields is the starter. Now you have to do everything possible in your power to keep this kid from getting his head knocked off. So whatever the schemes are, whatever the blocking is, anything like that, it all has to work to the strength of Justin Fields, okay? This is not Andy Dalton's offense anymore. Okay? No, it's not. So that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm looking forward to. And that is what I want to see tomorrow at 325 when I turn on the Bears game and watch it from Vegas. Yes. Do I think the Bears will win tomorrow? I do. I am picking them to win. So you can give me the old Charles Barkley. Guaranteed. So let me ask you a question. So George is replacing Michael, right? Because Michael died of, was it cancer last year? But Michael McKay, yeah, like George took over from, like, yeah, Michael McKesky. Is, is, okay, so let me, because I'm looking at it like this, because where was this energy last year, even the year before with Mitch Trubisky, if you don't mind me asking? Well, see, that's the thing. The energy was with Ryan Pace. Remember, Ryan Pace was convinced that Mitch Trubisky was the guy. And here's the thing. He wasn't the only one. See, I think this is... Okay, let's be honest about something here. Let's go back and start for people who maybe don't know. Mitch was number one on a few people's, and not more than a few people, owner's list in terms of quarterback coming out of the draft. Okay, nobody was 100% on Patrick Mahomes. And Deshaun Watson, they weren't 100%. I mean, Deshaun Watson out of the three was probably the more prepared. But Deshaun was injury prone. So coming out for that draft, Trubisky actually was listed ahead of both of those guys on a lot of lists. If if for nothing else, the potential of what he could be. Because we all know he only played, what, 11, 12 games at Carolina? So coming into the NFL. So when people say, you know, so when you draft Trubisky at number two, you know, Ryan Pace took a big, big gamble with that. And I, I still don't understand why you traded up one spot. You know what I mean? Right, I understand. Mitch would have been there at three, I almost guarantee it. I guarantee myself. There was no reason you needed to trade up one spot and give up a ton of picks just to secure. But you did. That's what you did. And you got Mitch. Now, here's my thing. This is what I've always contended. This is what actually makes me mad and why I don't like Matt Nagy. Because John Fox was the year was the was the was the coach the year that Trubisky was drafted. When Matt Nagy came in and took over, Mitch was already the quarterback. He'd already been there a year. So you knew coming in 
that Mitch Trubisky was what the Ryan Pace was banking on. Because yep. you obviously took over a team where Mitch was the number two pick in the draft, and he was the quarterback. So you had to know that coming in when you took this job. And what did you do? Nothing. You did nothing really to help that kid. You still you wanted to implement your offense. You wanted to do it your way, right? You called the plays, yada, yada, yada. You know, you're supposed to be some offensive genius. Uh, everybody talks about under Andy Reid and blah, blah, blah. So you come in here. Yes, the first year you went 12 and four. Why did you go 12 and four? Well, the defense. defense. The defense had a record year in terms of 33 total takeaways between interceptions and fumbles. fumbles. And we even scored a few touchdowns that year as a defense. And Mitch, again, finding his feet and trying to work inside of that offense, didn't have the greatest year, but he yeah. went to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. He had a good year, and the team was 12-4. and four. Because if you, It's funny because there's a picture of Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and Mitch Trubisky at the Pro Bowl together because all three of them made it that year. Yeah, they did. And, some, and, the, and the quote was, who says there wasn't any good quarterbacks in this draft? But it's true. All three of them made it to the Pro Bowl that year. Now, fast forward, of course, and Mahomes takes off and Trubisky regresses the next year. Why does that happen? Well, the defense doesn't ball out the way that it did the year before. And Matt Nagy's offense gets exposed for what it is. Whereas Patrick Mahomes is in an offense that he flourishes in. And so everybody starts going, oh, well. Why would you do why didn't you take Patrick Mahomes and why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that? Well, because again, to them, Trubisky was the guy with the most upside of potential, and he was higher on the list than Deshaun and Patrick Mahomes. So that's the decision that Ryan Pace made. Live or die with it, and he has. Because believe me, you took nothing but criticism for that move since day one. Right, agree. Max. So yeah, and so now here you go again. Trubisky's gone. You got, you know, you signed Andy Dalton before you drafted Justin Fields. So, yes, in your mind, when it, when that happened, you were starting Andy Dalton to, you know, was going to start this year, I'm sure, was your thought. And I get that. But that changed on draft day when you drafted Justin Fields. Yes. And again, I don't want to rehash all that. We've all been through that. You can go see past episodes. We talk all about that. Yeah. But I'm just saying that this is it now. Like, to me, this is it. You're either going to do everything you can to help this kid and your team is going to succeed. Or if you decide you want to be the same guy you've always been and, you know, take back the play calling and do all this nonsense, then yeah, the team's not going to go anywhere. Justin Fields will look like a failure and, and, and that'll be just a shame. So I'm hoping that whatever was said to Nagy, and like I said, I'd be very encouraged if this story is true and the sources are correct, that this came from upper management because then that leads me to believe that they understand what's going on and they understand that Matt Nagy can't, maybe is not the coach they thought he was when they hired him. Guaranteed. Let me, let, me, well, let me ask you a question. Sure. So are we scapegoating Mitch Trubisky because of the – Of, uh, uh, of the mistakes that front office made because when I look at the seasons he was in Chicago, he had three different offensive coordinators. He did. So 
are we would you agree that he he got scapegoated? Well, I think a lot of the blame fell on him, and I understand. And again, I understand why because the quarterback is the position, right? He's the number yes. two pick in the draft, so that's what people are going to look at. They're not going to look at everything else surrounding that, especially when the first year you go twelve and four and make the Pro Bowl. So they're figuring, oh, this guy, this is legit. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like you figure, you, know, you figure, okay. And then again, again, once that gets exposed, when like I said, when the defense doesn't have quite the year it had the year before and your offense gets shown for what it was, then you go, oh, no, we have a problem here. SOS. Yeah, for sure. Let's throw up, you know, throw up a red flag, send up some smoke signals. We're in trouble. And there's no doubt that we were, and that's the thing. You know, again, Mitch was not the perfect player coming in here, and Mitch had some work to do. That's the whole point. You're supposed to teach him. If you're the coach, you're supposed to coach the kid. You know he's a project. He only had 11 college games under his belt as a starter. And that, and, that, you know what I mean? and I agree with you on that. I feel like because I mean I Mitch Trubisky wasn't high on my draft board neither. I had right. Deshaun Watson, Mahomes, and then Mitch. Sure. Only because he only played 11 games. And again, his right. I mean, just look at his opponents in those 11 games he played. Correct. He played in the ACC. CC. Not not, not impressive. A, not impressive. So. On one aspect, I can understand, but I think it's another when you have a guy you drafted that high, you traded, you, I mean, you traded, you traded only one spot though, but you gave a bunch of picks away in that in that deal. And to have in three years, three offensive coordinators, John Fox gets fired. Yeah. You bring in this guy, you bring in Matt Nagy, who has his West Coast offense inspired by Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. And you kind of now scapegoat him. Well, maybe it's not Mitch. Maybe we just get a, a quarterback. And I'm and I'm just I, I I just with the Bears. I mean, because I like I, I'm a fan of Justin Fields. I just don't want to see him fail. I don't want to see two quarterbacks. Right. Oh, believe me, I don't either. You know the set. You know, fail again. I don't want to yeah. see that. And, and again, you know, I think. The Chicago Bears are there, and you know, don't get me wrong. On paper, this team, you know, they they are still competitive. Oh, but they're not absolutely. But they're not getting any younger, particularly the defense. Correct. So, I mean, when you look at it, because I'm still mad y'all got Khalil Mack. Um, Should have been Baltimore, but that's okay. <laughs> right. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sure you're upset by that one, right? But. I mean, honestly and truthfully, I, ever since you, got, you made for the trade, I mean, I think it's worked out in your in your in your way for sure. Yeah, um, so. I'm a fan of Eddie Jackson. Uh, I like Akeem Hicks. I do like Akeem. Is he? I think he's. Is he hurt? No, he's not. Yeah, hurt. I think he's out for this game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Khalil's gonna Khalil's gonna play. I think, but Akeem is out. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, uh, Mac is gonna play. I think, but Khalil is out. Can Can we have a is What's up with Allen Robinson? Can we talk about that? Like he's not he's not productive. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think there's a couple things there. I believe he's not he's not helping me on my fantasy football team. By the right, way, right? Just being honest about Allen, he's a good, I mean he's a good receiver. Okay, and I've had this. I think we've had this conversation on some of the other programs. Yes, I don't. And I'm not saying that Allen Robinson does. Allen Robinson doesn't have the potential. 
But I think when you look at coming from Jacksonville, where he didn't have the greatest quarterback there either, mm. he came to Chicago, had Mitch in that Matt and Haggy offense, and we saw how that turned out. So they franchise tagged him because that was all they really could do to keep him here, to be honest with you, because he, I believe after that second year, he wanted to go. But you franchise tag the guy, he stays, he signs the tag, fine. And now you've got him with, you know, this year he comes in and you figure, well, he's he's, he's apt to have a better year, you hope. And he has made a couple plays, but he hasn't been as featured in the offense, obviously, as right. he would like. And I think as anybody else who's looking at him as, as a potential free agent after this year, like, hey, this, you know, what is it? Who is Allen Robinson? I think the thing, there's still a question mark as to how good this guy actually can be. Can he be a, a number one receiver? Right now, he doesn't look like it, right? But you could lend that to, well, look at the offense he's played in, you know, first in Jacksonville, now in Chicago, blah, 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 blah. I mean, you can, I'm just saying, you can make the excuses, you can make anything you want up for Allen. And I, you know, and Allen's dropped a few balls too. Let's not just exonerate Allen and be like, he hasn't done, you know, you, you said you have to, maybe you don't get but four or five plays a game, but if you don't make two or three of those plays, that's on you. I agree. But that gets magnified as well. And I think that's what people don't look at as like, you when you get targeted, man, you got to make the catch. You got to find a way. You got to do whatever you can, like especially if it's, you know you're not getting a ton of, of things your way. You got to find a way to make that work, man. You got to make yourself valuable. And I think it's just you know people know that a Rob is a good receiver. He'll get double teams and on zones he'll get a guy above and a guy covering him below. And you don't you know what I mean? And, and but and so that leaves some of these other receivers one on one or, you know, single coverage and all that. And that's what happens. You know, when a guy like Darnell Mooney's open, so you're going to go to him instead of trying to force it into A-Rob. So I think that's just all part of it. I mean, you have to look at the whole thing as a whole and say to yourself, well, why isn't Allen Robinson better? But there's a lot of factors in that. And I just think, you know, he seems like a nice guy. He seems like a good locker room guy. Everybody swears he's a good teammate. So, you you know, you generally root for a guy like that. And, I, you know, hopefully – after this year, he moves on and maybe he finds exactly what he's looking for, you know, outside of Chicago. But, you know, I want the guy to be productive. He's one of our main receivers. Like, I don't want to see the guy have a bad year or anything. I hope I hope his production does pick up. But, again, too. but again it's, you know, that's all up to the offense and how that goes. So, we shall see. But, yeah, it's, it's – uh, Allen Robinson is definitely one of those things where you go, man, I – is he no? You know, is he a top flight? Is he not? I don't think we know. I mean, we'll we'll have to find out and see. Yeah, just, for sure. Just, I'm just for really sure. just just you know with the Bears. We'll see. We'll see, Mister Nate. We'll see. We'll see. But I mean, with the Bears, you know, I just I, a couple other questions before we get into. I want to get into the NFL as well. Mm-hmm. Can you give me the atmosphere? Because especially. I know, like in Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, the radio guys. When 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 your team doesn't play well, <laughs> they let oh, you yeah. have it. Oh, for sure. That's why I love talk radio. It's the best. Like, do they do they, do they feel like there's hope 
they, like, did, he, did he see some improvement with? Well, Matt they've been Nagy calling or... for Fields for for you know they've been calling for Fields for a while. So again, when you hear you know when you you win a game and you you know you beat the Lions and then on Monday Nagy starts talking about Andy's our starter if he's healthy, of course they're going to rip him a new one and that's what happens. And then he changes his mind to his ear and you go, oh, Eureka, what happened? That the light bulb finally went on or <laughs> he finally, you know, he looked in the mirror and realized that he's not as good as he thinks he is. I, you know, I don't know. But yeah, no, for sure. Like Chicago, especially, we take our fandom very seriously, no matter what the sport is. I agree. And, you know, especially the sport, because, you know, the sports radio guys that we have here, a lot of them are local. They're guys who grew up around here. Mm-hmm. So they feel it just as passionately as anybody else, man. They're fans first. It's their job. It's their job, but they're fans as well. Like these, you know, uh, you know, you go up and down the e- the ESPN lineup that we have, and again, some people will know these names, some people won't. But you got a guy. Uh, the the morning show from seven to ten is J is David Kaplan and Jay Hood. So Jay David Hood. Ka- David Kaplan was born. He used to be a vendor at Wrigley Field back when he was like a teenager. Okay, wow. he's, a, he's a Chicago guy all the way. Like he's a Stone Cub fan. Stone Cold Cub fan, like Kaplan's worked at, you know, WGN. Like Kaplan's been a 30-year veteran of the media here, sports media in Chicago. Jay Hood almost just as long. Like Jonathan Hood is a Stone Sox fan, grew up on the south side, like, you know, has been in, been in sports for years, used to work at the score, now he's at ESPN. Like these are guys who generally care and who are generally fans of their teams and of the sport. You know, obviously both huge Bears fans. We have one football team. So, you know, and then again, then our afternoon guy or the, the guys after them are John Yurkovich, who was an NFL pro player who grew up in the suburbs of Illinois and went to Eastern Illinois. And Carmen DeFalco, who's a, a kid who grew up in the suburbs, you know, went to a uh, suburb high school and grew up around here. So those two guys, too. You know, Yurko still lives in the area. He lives in northwest Indiana. Carmen lives in the suburbs. But, it, you know, these guys are stone cold fans on top of everything else. You know, but you know, and Yurkovich, the reason I like listening to him is because he's played he played the sport for 10 years. He was a defensive lineman with like four or five different teams, but he gives that perspective of he knows what goes on in the locker room. He What's knows what goes on. John Yurkovich. Um, yeah, John. Yurkovich, he played with the Packers, I think, for a year or two. He played with the Jaguars. He played for, like I said, four or five different teams in his career. He played about 10 years. John Yurkovich. Um, also, and then in the afternoon group is Tom Waddle and Mark Silverman. Now, Silverman's just one of those guys, too, a local sports guy, grew up with it. But Tommy Waddle, for those who know, played on the Bears. He was a wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. And it's funny because he was actually, if I remember correctly, he wasn't like on the rot, like he was on the practice squad or something, I think for the 85, 86 season when they went to the Super Bowl. But Tommy became famous for getting killed going over the middle. He became our like, yeah, no, like seriously, Tom Motto had many a concussion in his career because he was the guy, he was the slot receiver going over the middle getting killed like, because guys like Jim Harbaugh were throwing to him and the poor guy was catching balls all over the place and getting knocked over. But those are your afternoon guys here. Like I said, every one of those guys is a fan, not just a sports guy. So this is what I'm saying. They take this very seriously. So when you listen to them, they give, I mean, yeah, they give their opinion and they give their expert analysis, but they also give you their passion for it. Like they tell you how they feel. And I'm telling you, it, 
everybody has felt like Matt Nagy has handled this wrong. He's been doing, you know, he's been doing it wrong since day one. And, you know, they're willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Now, if he says they're going to, you know, going forward, Justin Fields is the quarterback, they'll give him the benefit of that doubt. But, you know, again, you got to give Justin the chance to grow and play as well. So, even again, he's not going to win every game. Let's be honest. He's a rookie quarterback. I agree. I don't, I don't expect him to come in now and go like 11-0 and 0 and, you know, we finish like with a 12-5 and 5 record or something. I don't anticipate that. But as long as the kid shows improvement – and as long as he shows that he's picking everything up, you know, he's getting better at his reads, he's getting better at, you know, figuring all that stuff out, that's all I want to see, man, even if we don't make the playoffs. As long as the kid improves. I still have you guys as my – I still have the Bears making the wild card. I, mean, I know, and, I, and I, I thank you for that. I truly do. As a Bears fan, I hope you're right. I I have, have reserved my optimism because, again, of everything that's happened. But, again, going forward, I feel a little bit more optimistic with Justin Fields being declared the starter going forward. So I'm hoping that that, in fact, is the way that it goes. Because, you know, I, I that, that team, just it just has talent. And, and I just hate to see that Bear team. Like I said, that defense isn't getting any younger. And no, not. They have, I mean, they have it. It just, it starts with Matt Nagy. Yeah. And it, it kind of leads me into my next, my last question. Want to get into, and sure. I, I, want, I want to do some, like, what you look for, for the, this weekend for the NFL. I think we may have talked about this. Okay. Do you believe that rookie quarterbacks, example, when you look at this draft class so far, you got Mac and Cheese, Jones, Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence, Mm -hmm. Zach Wilson, Justin, Trey Lance got, wasn't ready last week. Well, but we're going to get him this week. We're going to see how ready he is this week, huh? Yes. Garoppolo's out, so. Do you think that these guys should be starting, right? Like the year they drafted, or should they get a, a year of development? Now, I, I'll be honest with you, and I've probably gone back and forth on this on a couple of different occasions because I guess in the beginning I thought situationally, well, maybe it'll be good for the the rookies to sit and kind of learn. But you know what? Honestly, given the way the NFL is these days. And it really is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. And you have, you know, everybody like, well, let's get him in there and see what he's got and see what he can do. And, it, it you know, for a, from a business perspective, it's like, well, I, I'd rather see the rookies play then. If that's the – I mean, you've signed them. You know, they all signed their rookie contracts. So you got them for, what, four or five years? If that you sounds about fifth, right. If you pick up the fifth-year option on them, whatever, after the four years. So here's guys who are with their teams, right? Like you said – Mac Jones is sitting there with Bill Belichick, and they're two and two. But Jones has showed improvement every game. And last game, he, you know, outside of that last second field goal that, you know, 56 yarder missed in the rain, that kid had that game and he played a great game, yeah, right? He played, played his ass off. Right. I mean, he had 19 completed passes in a row at one point. So, yeah, you can argue that Mac Jones should have started this year and he looks, he looks okay. It looks like he's going to be fine going forward, right? I agree. Trevor Lawrence. Now, again, they're 0-4. But Jacksonville had nothing nothing going for them to begin with. Let's be honest. No, no offensive a, line. You're right. They're in a total rebuild. But you know total. what Trevor Lawrence is doing? This kid is slinging the ball all over the field, my friend. And he's, yeah, got, he's, seven, it, but... he's got seven interceptions to show for it. But he's also you know, got a few touchdowns, and he's made some really nice passes. And, again, here's a kid – 
who's a competitor. And those are the kind of kids you like because he's not going to give up. He's not going to give in. He's going to come out every week. Like I said, they're on four. He's never lost four games in his life. But every week you're going to see Trevor Lawrence come out. He's going to he's going to do the best he can to help to try to help his team win. And that's just the bottom line. I so agree. For, so I like that kid. I've always liked Trevor Lawrence. And there I like you go. Zach, I just feel bad for the situation that he's well, yeah, in. Well, exactly. Zach Wilson, you know, Zach Wilson, a lot of people, that's the New York curse, right? The Jets always just seem to screw everything up no matter what happens. But again, Wilson had a better game last week. He finally showed up and had, you know, had some things going well for him. You know, the like Jets are another on. the Jets are another team that are absolutely in rebuild mode from the bottom up again. New head right. coach, new general manager, yada, yada, yada. So let's see in the next few years what the picks they got and what they do, how they continue to build around Zach Wilson, who obviously is the future of their franchise. Again, Trey Lance, the word it's kind of out. You started Jimmy G, you know, you started using Trey Lance kind of in a Taysom Hill type situation, bring him in for certain plays, whatever. But Trey's going to get his chance now. He's the starter come this Sunday. And we'll see. We'll get a little bit better idea. See what the kids got. I mean, yeah, we've seen him run. We've seen him throw. But now he's in, you know, he's starting the game. He's in from the beginning. Hopefully he's got the playbook down. He's ready to go. And we'll see what the kid has. I mean, that's just the bottom line there. And then again, Justin Fields, everybody was encouraged by the game he had last week, of course. Everybody was very happy for Justin. I was as well. So, again, hopefully he builds on that. We got a tougher matchup this week. And the Raiders, but if we can tell you we can get out of Las Vegas with a win, and you get Justin Lawrence with some more confidence going into that Green Bay game on the seventeenth, hoo hoo doggy, I'll be looking. Jers for the old A A Ron, because believe me, man, I would be the happiest guy in the world. Right. I mean, I'd probably like. I'd even come on your show and do a naked dance, Nate. If oh, we could beat the Green Bay Packers this year, bro. Like, that's how serious I am about beating the Packers this year, man. I I literally just, yeah. I just. I think you two will take, take, take the video now. Yeah, I just, but I don't care. It's, that's how much I want to see the Bears beat the Packers. That I, right. But again, so, I mean, like, if Ricky quarterbacks, hey, man, you know what? They're judged harshly anyways. Like, you judge them just as hard as you judge any other quarterback. So, if you got them under contract. And you got that first four years to see what they can do before that fifth-year option kicks in. You might as well play them, right? I agree. Again, I, again, I guess I've changed my mind on that because I probably earlier and you could probably go find some of that footage from early on in the roundtable where I probably talked about. Well, you know, maybe it's good if the kid can sit down. So, but as as time has gone on, I think I've really changed my stance on that. And well, and like, also too, you know, and to add on to that point. You know, when I look at, I apologize for that going off. Um, when we look at when we look at these guys, and, and and sometimes we have to be careful. And I blame I blame the media. And it's just, you know, you know, I'm you I'm you you've seen my videos. My my beef, I I, I don't I, my criticism of the national media. Sure. Uh, you know, they everybody was like, okay, they got Justin Fields. They have to start him. Yeah. And I'm like, look at his. Look at the coach. Look at like, you know you had like he wasn't prepared. Now all of a sudden they're sitting here and going, well maybe he really should be he shouldn't start. Right. Now then that's with any quarterback. Now I agree with you. Every quarterback class is going to get you know 
harshly judged. They're going to get criticized. They're going to get um, different. You know, every, every quarterback class is different. You know, the class that Lamar Jackson came out of, in my personal opinion, and people could and people have disagreed with me on this, and that's okay. I think right. Lamar Jackson, his draft class has been the most has been the most heavily criticized. You know, they will never give oh. him credit for being the football player that he is. Now, let you me know. ask you then, because you he's your quarterback. Why do you think that is though? Like so heavily the criticism on Lamar? Because again, there's a lot of things in Baltimore that have gone on in the last few years as well since Lamar came into the league. So why do you feel he's judged so harshly? Because the national media put these these false narratives on him. They put this checklist. He has to get better as a passer. Um, you know, he, you can't win with his style of play. Uh, it's not sustainable. Um, he has to beat Patrick Mahomes. They just they don't want to admit his faults. They don't want to admit that the kid can succeed. In, he, he did well in college. Right. He no, he did. Yeah, he did. Louisville. Just, I, I watched him a little bit at Louisville. And it seems like to me, I just think the critics just find ways to just go, no, we got to do this. I mean, regardless of winning a championship, they're never going to give him the credit. Right. Like, for example, uh, oh, awesome. Um, you know, he just threw for his, he threw for his consecutively another 300 yards in passing. So right. we can throw that narrative that he can't throw the ball. Let's get better as a passer. I mean, he's done that. But Lamar Jackson is a is a complete football player. They're just holding him to the high standard of Patrick Mahomes. But sure. you know, in Patrick Mahomes, is he the, the is he great because of the system or is he great at the players around him? You know, same thing with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has all these weapons, and it made, and it's just excuses for him. Now there's now they're starting to come out and say, well, is he the answer? Is he is he that guy? <laughs> I mean, so, this was supposed to be the year Baker showed out, and I'd say that's about 50 50, if you ask me. I agree. But, but, yeah. I don't see. But for this week, what are you looking forward to in week six? Like, do you have any particular matchups? You know, you know I. Oh, you know, I will say this. And again, I, it's not a job that I would want to do because it is definitely a thankless job. But there have been some definite referee calls that you sit there and shake your head at and you never you know you never it's unfortunate because it always just seems like referees play a part in decisions even though they shouldn't in a sense and I don't mean because of it but because it just seems like when something happens in a game you automatically want to blame the ref right like it's it's a tie score and you know there's a a, a pass interference penalty that's called or something happens where it gives the team an advantage well, you're playing an entire game. It's 60 minutes of football, oh, right? I agree. Well, you can't get mad at the ref because you're tied, and all of a sudden the other team is driving with a minute left, and they call a pass interference call on you because you passed interference, but you didn't like the call because there's a minute left, and the other team is going to get – you know what I'm saying? Like, the ref is always going to be in that position. So the ref is – it's a thankless job. Even if the ref is doing his job right, it's still going to be his fault if there's some call like that with 30 seconds left and it cost the team the game or, you know, cost the team the game, as it were. Right. You don't I want agree. to look at the other 40 or the other 59 and a half minutes where you didn't play well enough to have the lead or to whatever the thing was, but you focus on that one play. And that's what I say. But, I mean, there have been some calls this year where the refs have definitely 
and maybe it's because they're feeling the pressure. You know, yes. they know they get reviewed. They know they get reviewed. So a lot of times they're like, well, even if I mess up the call, they're going to review it anyways. So let me just do my job. And let me, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a situation where that's why I kind of don't like replay, to be honest with you, because I'd rather no matter what, it's just it's the refs and the players. And that's it. Like they make the call. They miss the call. They make the call. Whatever it is, that's what you stick with. And that's the way it used to be. Now you've got, you know, they look at the replay and this guy did this and this guy did that. And yes, I understand it reverses some calls and it gives teams some justice and you can argue, okay, whatever. But it takes away, to me, it takes away from the game and what the game was always meant to be. It's played by humans. It's refereed by humans. Let them determine, you know, let the, the replay stuff, I don't know. I Maybe that's just me being a grumpy old man, but I just think but, I mean, the replay... I just- I agree. You know, the replay to me is it hurts more. It makes the game longer. It does. Yeah, I don't know. It does a disservice. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. The, the, the calls need to be a lot, a definitely a better, more better consistent. Um, they got, especially, I don't know, a couple of them, particularly with Baltimore, uh, they got away with the rough and the unnecessary roughness. I forgot who it was. I think it was a, was a defensive lineman. He had Lamar Jackson helmet on his lower back. And after he threw the ball, and I don't understand right. that. Um, if you're if, if if you're talking about protecting the quarterback, right? You know those are things that you should be fixing. Um, oh, for sure, for sure. The the, the passion and some of these calls, I think they're makeup calls. You know, well, you know, we messed up in that possession, so let's give right. that call back. Let's give so, that call. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's ridiculous. Um, some of the challenges are are, are a bit excessive. Uh, the taunting thing. That's that's a weird one. All of a sudden, you can't even look at a guy or it's called taunting. Like, it just seems like the guy, you know, if he says something and the ref hears him say, like, okay, well, that's taunting. I mean, again, I remember back in the day, you know, if you were in a guy's face for, like, three minutes, they might throw a flag. Like, you're constantly just, you know. But some of the stuff I've seen this year were, like, the guy gets up, just points the finger at the guy and walks off, and they throw a flag for taunting. And I'm like, wait a minute. How is that taunting? All I did was point at him and then walk away. I saw it. You know, yeah, I, I don't understand some of the refing and some of the stuff. But, again, it's not a job I would want. And I know some, you know, some of these guys are probably like, man, why do I do this? Why do I put myself through this? Because it's definitely – there's a lot of scrutiny on the refs this year for sure. I agree. And, again, and, I, and I'll almost bet – I will almost guarantee – that you will go ahead and see this weekend, my friend. You said almost that, guaranteed? That, yeah, it's. I mean, you pretty much give me the Charles Barkley that there's going to be a call by a ref that's going to cost somebody a game this week. Guaranteed! And there you have it right from the horse's mouth. I just, you know, I, I just really feel like also, too, um, I just don't like the... You know, gotta be better with the calls. Um, offensively, some of some of these teams that I I, I kind of thought would start off really good, um, some of them have really kind of disappointed. The Dolphins have so have been disappointing. Um, and they lost to us, so Jacoby Brissett has come and taken over. The Colts, I'm disappointed with uh, well, the Steel Steelers. You know, 
they can say what they want. They, they can point the finger at Big Ben, but it, it's it's a multitude of things. No, there's a lot of things wrong with the Steelers. Let's just be honest about that. I mean, but after that first week showing, man, people were really, 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 uh, you know, high on everything. They were like, oh, they beat Cleveland. This is great. Yada, yada, yada. You know, so. The steel curtain's back. Yeah, man. I'm telling you. Right. The steel curtain's back. And no, it isn't. That it's curtain was, was shredded and torn, my friend. And also, Tim, yeah. disappointed in the New Orleans Saints a little bit. Uh, Jameis Winston's going to do his thing. I, you know, I told and Sean was on here last night. I said, you know, I have to kind of walk back a little bit from saying Jameis Winston is going to be an MVP, is, 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 a, is an MVP candidate. Ah, yes. Uh, I do think he'll make the Pro Bowl. I just feel like I don't know what Saint team's going to show up. I think that starts with coaching. I think that starts with Sean Payton. So. I got you. No, I, you know, I. Yeah, you know, there's always disappointments. There's always teams you don't suspect are going to be as, again, you can laugh about who they played, but you know Denver. Denver starting three and one. That AFC West having everybody three and one, but Kansas City. You know what I mean? Like, what is that? Like, you know what is that? Nobody would have called that. So nobody would have called that. It should yeah. be like Kansas City four and zero, and everybody else is like right. one. And yeah, exactly. So I mean, this is what I mean. But you never know. And you know, maybe what I am looking forward to this week. One thing is we get our. You know, I don't know if, how you feel about these London games. Well, we get our first London London with the Jets and the Falcons, but I mean, it's a London game. So if you like football, you get up nine o'clock in the morning, you got a game on. It's a beautiful thing. Now you got a relationship with you. Oh, my God. Oh, R. Kelly. I mean, they were putting down on nine o'clock in the morning. Hey, man, some people are juiced for that. Are you kidding? Like I said, they get up, make their breakfast, turn on football. Yeah, that's it. Hey, that's true. You got... Well, you got, you know, three potential games all day to watch. What, four? You got the 9 o'clock, the 12 o'clock, the 3 o'clock, and the 7 o'clock. Would you ever you're, think growing up that you would guy. see an NFL team play in another country? Would, did you ever ima- would you ever ima- imagine that? Uh-oh. It looks like we may have lost Nick Rosario. We'll see when he get him back on. Um, but week six... Ladies and gentlemen, um, should be an interesting week. I'm hoping that as the week progresses, um, it gets better. But with these calls and with everything like that, give me one second. Let me just make sure he nicks okay. Is he kind of hopped off? I wonder if his, his phone, his laptop may have died. Um, but no, um, yeah, it's going to be week six. So I want to wait just another minute. If not, I'm just going to go ahead and go on without Nick. Hopefully he can, can jump back on. Uh, but I want to recap this season for major league baseball. Um, it was very, very interesting for me. It's very up and down. I felt like there was a lot of inconsistencies. I didn't like, first of all, I didn't like the rule change, um, particularly with the substance of those the pitchers using spider tech and sunscreen on their arms and stuff like that. Um, it's amazing to me that you can crack down on the batter on the pitching um, because statistically, offensively, everybody was struggling um, offensively. Um, 
you know, you can say what you want. You know, Vladimir Guerrero, Salvador Perez, Otani, Marcus Simeon. Um, they all had Joey Votto. They all had great years. But across the board, they were they they, they were pretty they were pretty disappointing. So when I look at some of these teams, uh, I think a lot of it starts too with. The way the season looked, remember last year, you know, the, the season was cut short because of COVID. And some of these teams from last year, I think he is back. There you go. Hey, apologize for that guy. Small technical snafu there. Do apologize no, for that. No, you're all, that's all good. I was just getting it. I was just talking about the, recapping Major League Baseball this season. I was talking about how. Uh, Major League Baseball needs some needs to fix some things, particularly with the substance of pitchers using spider tag sunscreen. Um, you know, offensively, I just think it's getting mediocre. I mean, I mean, you could, the amount of home runs, oh, home runs are great, but there's just no way in heck off across the board. Either you're focused on swinging for the fences, or you're just getting outpitched. Yeah. A lot no, a lot of times you are correct. And that's what's happening. I mean, guys, you know, guys are throwing a hundred miles an hour. You got guys throwing, you know, triple digits. You know, like you said, that the with baseball, you know, offense for a while pitching had taken over, right? And it was kind of like pitching was the great thing. Yeah. And then it went back to well, offense is what people want to see. No one wants to watch a baseball game for nine innings in a one to nothing, you know, pitching duel. I mean, I personally would love it because I'm a baseball fan, but I, you know, I get it. Everybody's short attention span. Everybody wants the offense. Let's see some home runs. Let's see the fireworks go off. Yada, yada, yada. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, baseball, you know, I think baseball is one of those sports that always the true fans are the true fans, man. People are always going to watch baseball who love baseball. You know, maybe you'll convert a few people depending on certain personalities and certain teams that have those personalities. But at the same time, you know, base, to me, baseball is always just a great game. And it's always going to be something that I watch and that I hold in great reverence. Uh, but that's just me. You know, so I, you know, I, I, there's always something we can criticize about baseball. There's always something every year where you go, well, maybe they need to take a look at that and fix that. Like that, that rule about extra inning games where you start the runner on Yo, second, second base. That's... I hated, I hated that so much. I mean, it's, but what it is, what it is. And luckily, they don't institute that in the playoffs, so you Thank don't God. see that. So yeah, so you don't have to see that in a playoff game. But yeah, there's always stuff that you know baseball can work on. There's always something that you know can be improved to that. But I, I think the umpiring is one too. Again, we go back to refereeing in football. You know, there's a couple of umpires who you just seem like they always want to seem combative. They always want to seem like you know that they're always right. And, and you can never, like, say anything to them or you can never – you know what I mean? They just I agree. Like Joe yeah. West. Everybody – Joe West is just one of those guys where, like, dude, what is this guy's problem? He wants to be the center of attention always. <laughs> He's like, go sit down, Joe. Like, somebody beat him one day when he's behind the plate, right? Like, just have the catcher move out of the way and hit him with one or something. I don't know. But anyways, I don't I don't recommend that. I'm just, you know, talking foolish here. But No, no I agree with you. Cold those are the things, though. But, yeah, so it just – 
Yeah, baseball is, is just one of those games that has to reinvent itself, I think, because, again, if you look at the major sports in general, you know, basketball in America is huge in terms of fandom. You know what I mean? Kid yes. teenagers, young 20-year-olds could probably name you every roster of every basketball team, and I, you know, I could tell you maybe about – 25 30 players i know for sure who play in the nba and where they play you know what i mean yes at this day and age but i you know it's such a popular sport with all the branding and merchandising and all that and, and then again football as well everybody you know everybody loves football it's a great game you know yada 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 uh you know soccer has taken off you know obviously that's a european sport to begin with but it's caught on huge here in america only Everybody thing is with, with that, I know the National Women's Soccer League. I know there was a uh, a scandal of se wow. sexual uh, sexual abuse, which is occurred. a terrible thing in any league or any you know. But again, and unfortunately, that happened. I mean, that's terrible. Like that does that has no place in sports. I mean, it, I it's, it's, it's 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 yeah. That's that goes without saying that that's that's a horrible thing. But I just mean in general, like I said, you know, all these other sports that have caught on so much in popularity that baseball's popularity has waned. And I think some of the changes they made were actually to try to get people back to the game because people were, were running away from baseball. You know what I mean? You lost yeah. a lot of fans. You could see even before the COVID, stadiums were not as filled. Less and less people were coming to baseball games. Um, you know, and that sort of so – you've had your issues, you've had your problems, and hopefully – but to me, baseball will always be around. You know, baseball will always hold a reverence for me. And I will totally continue to my White Sox games every year and every now and again sneak in a Cub game, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm totally, you know, I'm totally on board, but we'll see. I hear you. We'll I just think, you know, with the season, um, this was a – it was a good – I mean, overall, I mean, I think it was a good season. I mean, the, the home run, um, we got to see a lot of good, interesting stories. Um, you know, if like the Orioles, you know, the first no hitter well over I uh, like 30, 30 years. Well, boy, the, the no hitter was alive this year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was this year. We had about we had at least what seven or eight. Yeah, and then that was crazy. I'm not mistaken. That, that's what boy, triggered I saw that's Carlos what Rodon's no hitter. Yeah. In April. <laughs> yeah, the one in April, Rodon, like yeah. It, it was one of those things. It was just crazy. Like my dad's like, hey, you want to go to, I go, dad, you want to go to game? It's early April. It's going to be cold, but what the heck? We'll go out there on a Wednesday night and you know, whatever. And he's like, yeah, sure. Not knowing Rodon's going to pitch this gem of a game. But literally it was a perfect, it was a perfect game. He had one out in the ninth and he hits a guy in the foot on a breaking ball to break up the perfect game. Yeah. Otherwise I would have saw a perfect game and said, I got my no hitter, but it's just, it's amazing that, you know, and then, like I said, and then they followed, and then other people, you just like, oh, there's another no hitter. There's another one. There's another one. That's what I think that's what triggered the whole, the, you know, our pitchers cheating, you know, because the amount of no hitters. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it really was a crazy thing, man. And I just, but you got to love it, my friend. Got to love it. You got to love it. So we're going to recap. We're going to get into the uh, divisional playoff recap so far. Um, I would say so far, Nick, it's been interesting. Um, I haven't kept up with all the games. I know the White, the White Sox. Uh, it's not looking good at the moment. No, we are down to nothing to the Houston Astros. 
the Dusty Bakers, Houston Astros. Now here, you're gonna laugh at this when I tell you this, Nate. Okay. I think you, I think you know where I may be going. I think I may as, know. As much as I know that the White Sox are in a hole, my friend. This is Dusty Baker. As much as I love Dusty, Dusty's teams, for whatever reason, have choked hard in playoff appearances. And Dusty, you know, Dusty's never, again, won the big one, whatever the deal is, whatever. But the guy is a fantastic manager. And, I mean, again, Astros have a phenomenal team, okay? Let's not downplay that at all. They're... They whipped the Sox. You know, the Sox pitching did not hold up the way it should. Lance Lynn in game one, he just didn't have it, and Houston let him have it. In game two, you know, Giolito had good stuff. He struck out the side in the first inning. Yes, he did. Okay? And then what happened? The walks. Every guy he walked in the next two innings scored, accounting for four runs. And you just can't do that. You can't walk people. You know what I'm saying? Walks are going to hurt you every time. And again, he was pitching well, and we had a lead. We were four to two. Then by the time he leaves the game, it's four to four, and then we all know what happened kind of after that. You know what I mean? It fell apart. The bullpen just started, you know, we lost nine to four. Here's the encouraging thing for me. This is the thing for me that, and, and this is the hope I'm going to hold on to, that at least we can squeeze out a game or two at home, is that our home record was great this year, and we had – you know, we got everybody, you know, we're going to have a sold out crowd there tomorrow, Sunday night. Can't wait. You know, we're going to have the blackout. You know, everybody dresses in blacks so and stadiums all black. I guess <laughs> the atmosphere and everything. No, the atmosphere, I think, is going to be great. We got Dylan Cease going, who has been pitching great as of late. I'm encouraged. I think we're going to win game three, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I'm very much looking forward to that game tomorrow. I think we can definitely pull out a game three, and I'm hoping that in game four, you know, obviously, if we don't win, it's over. So I'm looking for us to go back to Houston, at least for that game five. That right. is my prediction. I think we could win the two games at home. They got a rookie going in game three, Houston does. I don't know who will go in game four for them, but I feel like. But it should, will it be Garrett? Garrett? Who? Garrett Crochet. Is that how you say his name? Well, Crochet is a, is a reliever. Oh, He's okay. in the bullpen. But Cease will start. And then I'm I just see the again game four is a trick thing, like Rodon. Do they start Rodon? Uh, you know, so we'll see. But I know for sure Cease gets the start in game three. I'm hoping Dylan will come out and do his thing, and we can at least celebrate into Monday and see what happens in game four. Um, as far as the other uh, like Red Sox and uh, Tampa Bay, that it's kind of turning into the cat fight I thought it might. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. They're one one piece, and depending on pitching, you know, they they each have their aces. Yeah, you know, I mean, they each have like their stud pitchers, and then and the lineups are incredible. We know that, you know, Rosarina steals home for the first time since Since Willie Mays or Jackie was Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson since Jackie Robinson stole home in a a world like phenomenal. Like, how do you do that? He's the first guy to hit a home run and steal home, right? Is that what it was? Yes. Yeah. So I mean. You know, you, you you kind of felt that that Boston, you know, and again, they played each other 19 times during the regular season. So these are teams that know each other. So you knew that series was going to be a fight. Like that's yep. just one of those, you know, so I, I, I had thought that that series would go five and I'm still thinking it will, to be very honest with you. Because like I said, those are just two teams that know each other well. 
and they're both going to scratch and claw to get those victories. So I, I anticipate a great rest of the series there, but them tied one and one. You know, game three is tomorrow also uh, yeah. for the American for the other American League series. So yeah, I mean, as far as the National League, I had thought Milwaukee would be able to take Atlanta, and they still might. But yeah. Atlanta tied up today, three zero victory over the Brewers. So we got a one one series going forward, and. Uh, that might be a little tougher than I thought. I thought Milwaukee would be able to go in there and kind of just take care of Atlanta, but Atlanta's saying, "No, I don't think so, my friend. We're gonna, we're here to play as well." I agree, and that's, and that's a great thing because I love playoff baseball, and I like to see that sort of thing. I hate, I hate, you know, three and outs and blah blah blah. And everybody goes, "Oh, I told you that team was just gonna blow them out." Like, right. no, these these teams are all playoff teams for a reason. These are all yeah. good teams. They want to. I want to see good competitive baseball. I you're seeing see it so far. I mean, well, you, you are. are. And that's what I'm saying. You are. That is true. Um, but, man, Dodgers-Giants, could you think of a bigger series in general when you have a team that won 106 games, games and the and other team won 105 five, games and they've the never faced each other ever in the playoffs? Brooklyn Dodgers versus the New York Giants. <laughs> well, that's – yeah, that, but I'm saying, like, never faced – two teams, you know, two friends have never faced each other in a playoff game, that's and insane. here you go. They used to kill each other in the regular season. Exactly. I mean, they, these are these teams who won 211 games this year combined. That's that, insane. It, it's insane. That, that is insane. I mean, so I still, again, go ahead. Go ahead, sir. No, go ahead. You were saying? I, I still think, you know, it's been a great series. I just, I'm going to hope for the White Sox. I am. Um, we have the hitting. We have the talent. I just, you know. adjustments? So far, we're ready. Well, that's what it is. It's managing. It's, you know. That's part of it too. I mean, you know, you got to think about this for a minute. And this matchup you have with Houston and the White Sox. Larusa's 77 years old. Dusty Baker is 72. Five year difference. You, right. You got two elder statesmen of the game. And then mind you, <laughs> for those who don't maybe know, these two hated each other for years. Years. There was a rivalry between Larusa and Baker. And they were, I love that they showed all the different incarnations of these guys getting into it where the benches would clear. And then you'd see LaRusso and Baker jawing at each other. Like, it's just amazing how far these two go back. But apparently, a couple years back, they made up. uh, Actually, I heard it was at the funeral of Bob Welch, a player they both coached, where they actually talked and kind of buried the hatchet with each other. But still, you know that competitive juice is there. So, you know, it's just a shame that, if you know, with these two playing each other, you know, the White Sox can't go out like that, just three straight to the Astros. We got to find a way to to get back in the series and make it a ball, you know, make it a series because I I don't know if I could handle three straight losing to the Astros. I might go cry or something. And I think they'll win. I think, you know, Tony, I think Tony knows what he's going to do. Uh, I've seen Tony LaRusso's teams, you know, the Cardinals when he was yeah. with the, the, Cub, the Cubs. Well, I mean, the biggest one is when it's uh, the Cubs, the Cardinals, excuse me. The Card- sorry, Cardinals, yeah. That was, never mind, yeah. But that no, was, he was in Oakland too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in Oakland. Well, that was the late, the late 80s, uh, early 90s Oakland teams, right, where, uh, well, the one year they lost when Kirk Gibson comes off the injured reserves and it's the home run and trotting around the bases doing this <laughs> thing, you know. Uh, <laughs> We all remember that one. <laughs> Kurt Gibson on one leg hits a home run and Dodgers win game one of the World Series. 
Would you ever think that he would that Tony Larusa would come back and manage you guys? The last Bro, time no, was I, in nineteen seventy nine. I told you. Well, he started with us in seventy, yeah, something like that. 79, 78, 79, you know, and well the thing is him and Hawk Harrelson didn't get along. He was always Jerry Reinsdorf's favorite guy. But when Harrelson became GM of the team, he's the one who fired Larusa. Wasn't hmm. Reinsdorf? It was Ken Hawk Harrelson. They didn't like each other, or Harrelson had a problem with Larusa, so he fired Tony. But Ken Harrelson was a wait. He, he yes, Ken Harrelson at the time was the GM of the Chicago yes of the Chicago White Sox, and he is the one for your personal trivia bank. He is the one who fired Tony Larusa. Okay. Wow. 1986, whatever that was. I think it was 86. And he went, he moved on. But yes, he was fired by uh, Ken Hawk Harrelson. Wow. By the way, way, Hawk Harrelson was also the guy who traded away Bobby Bonilla for Jose De Leon. How'd that work? So you you tell me who the hell Jose De Leon is as compared to who Bobby Bonilla is. And then I'll tell you how that trade was. So that's another Hawk Harrelson. GM move, so yeah, <laughs> let's just say Hawk Harrelson was better off in the booth than he was in the GM seat. Okay, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Don't get me started. Don't even get me started. Uh, we're not gonna get you started. No, no smoke tonight. No, smoke, no smoke today, baby. Right? It's been a long day. We don't need the smoke right now. No we're smoke. all good. But it's I think it, it's been a long day for both of us. Let's just yes. right. Right. I think it's been a great divisional. Um, I got. I will say this. I, I I got one of the guarantees for the wild card right with Boston winning. Do yes, you, you think? Did. You did did, do you think this is the end of Aaron Judge in New York? Boy, wouldn't that be something, huh? Can you imagine but that? Aaron, I'm talking about Aaron Boone. Excuse me. I, oh, I was going to say Aaron Judge. No, but Aaron Boone. Yeah, he's done. I absolutely. I absolutely do think that that is it for Mr. Boone. Um, but now the question is, who do you get to come in and coach the Yankees? Well, what do you think? List of candidates? Is there one? Do you know? You know? Do we have any guesses? Do we have any opinion on that? Do they? You know, go outside the outside the, the franchise. Outside the franchise to find a guy, right? Do they promote from within? Bada bing, bada boom. What do you do? I don't with, know. With you know, you never know. With the Yankees, they could do anything. So they could do anything at all. Yeah, it definitely that nothing would surprise me. And I would put put nothing past them. So yeah, and again, when you got the money to throw at people, which is ridiculous, you can pretty, pretty much do whatever you want. It's like the Dodgers. Let's just—you got that Rupert Murdoch money, bro. You can just throw it at anybody. No big deal. But what do you? Oh, you want? Oh, you want that? Oh, here we go. Let's throw some money at him. He's good. Well, I know. Oh, they, yeah. I, I don't know what they're going to do about. I think Jensen Seager. I don't know what they're going to do about them. Well. They'll probably make them an offer, and if those two boys think they can do better on the free agent market, then I guess they'll be gone. <laughs> my awesome. guess is, my guess is though, if the Dodgers win this year, let's just say they do, I guarantee those boys will be back. I say I agree with that. If Dodgers win again this year, they'll those stay. Boy, those boys will stay. All right. But that, but that, damn, one hundred and five games, and you have to play the wild card. You're playing with a chip on your shoulder. You do, and they won, and now they're in a tough series with the Giants. So yeah, yeah. An old it's, guard, the old, the old guard ain't ready to pass it up yet. No, they are not, my friend, and that's the thing, you know. So yeah, I think you the, definitely. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. So congratulations, Nick. Your Chicago Sky 
are going to ah. the WNBA Finals. Yeah, that's a great – I am very happy. You know, and again, I don't want to come off as the biggest Chicago Sky fan. It's not what I'm doing here. But I root for all my Chicago sports teams, okay? I, I, am, I am very happy to see that we have some postseason basketball here in Chicago because we haven't had that in a long time for the most part. So, right. it, you know, to see Candace Parker, you know, come here after all the great players we have had here in Chicago – Della Don has come through here. You were mentioning Sylvia Foles had come through here. Now, you know, Candace Parker has taken us to this level. You know, for those of you who follow basketball, I'm sure you know who Candace Parker is and yeah. her resume and, and all that. So the fact that I remember when I heard that she had signed here, I thought, man, that's great for the sky. That should help out tremendously. And it has. Come, and it really has. And so now here we are. Because you figure we – we finished the year 16 and 16. We were a six seed coming into these playoffs, and now we're in the finals. So the girls, are, the ladies, I don't call them girls, they're ladies. The ladies are doing well, and I, hey, it's the best out of uh, five, I think, for the finals, correct? Yes. So, hey, anything can happen in five games as we know. Good luck to the Chicago Sky, and I hope we bring home a title for the from the WNBA. That will be phenomenal. I'd like to hear it. I'd like to hear it. What do you think about this week of college football? Um, let me just go ahead and get it out. The University of Maryland got shellacked by Ohio State. With oh, children. my God. <laughs> oh, R. Kelly. Uh, but, yeah, no, the, uh, the shellacked is probably a good word. I would, you know, again, Ohio State is, has proven that they can be beat. But, I, I, you know, Maryland kind of after last week when they started Big Ten play, you know, they didn't look as impressive as they did in the first four games of non-conference play. So everybody was like, ooh, Maryland's 4-0, blah, blah, blah. And then last week, they got shell- – not as shellacked, but they got beat handily. And then all of a sudden this week, they really got beat handily. Ohio State put 66 on them. So, I mean, you really have to think about what does Maryland do? You know, you're already 0-2 in the Big Ten. You're 4-2 overall. Um, you know, you, you technically only need two wins now to qualify for a bowl game. Right. But at the same time, if you can't get anything going against your Big Ten opponents, you're not going to worry about no bowl game. So I don't know. It's it's a shame because, again, you know, Tua's younger brother, uh, and I do – I apologize, I forget the young man's first name. I, I, I can't – I forgot it myself. But Tunga Vailoa is, you know, the last few weeks, he just hasn't been impressive. Um, and you know, they were riding high with him. They were hoping that he would definitely lead them this year. Uh, you know, I so just, I don't see it, it just, and it hasn't happened in the last two weeks, especially. So yeah, Maryland's in trouble in terms of that. I mean, I also watched part of it, part of the game I got to see, but an incredible red river rivalry game again, where Oklahoma comes and scores a touchdown literally like at the end of the game to win. 55 to 48, where Texas was literally leading the entire game. I think they were up like 21 points at one point, and, you know, Oklahoma just battled back and won. So, again, another tremendous Red River rivalry game. Say that fast a few times. Red River rivalry game. And uh, there you go. Oklahoma comes out on top again. Iowa squeezes past Penn State, which that game, man, 23-20, that was a close one all the way again to the end. But, you know, Iowa, man, Number three there, they look good. I mean, I know you know Penn State's number four, so that's a game where you're playing someone who's on your level. 
So I don't see Penn State dropping too far with that loss. No, I but, don't. But man, Iowa's just on another level right now, man. Third I agree. Know, in the country. But, you know, Georgia wins again. Uh, so, I mean, again, the Bulldogs are continuing their kind of domination over everybody. I think that's pretty much a given that you're going to see them in the college playoff, barring any massive trip up there. Uh, real quick, because I, you know, it's, uh, I was checking, and I, I didn't get a right now in the fourth quarter. Get this: three minutes left in the game, there is a 38-38 tie between Texas A&M and Alabama. So we hold on to your hats. Look, look, Nate took the glasses off for that one, so you know that's one of those moments where you go, "Holy like, cow!" See, that's that, that's you see, that's exactly why I don't listen to guys like Stephen A. Smith when they talk college football. Yeah, Alabama, and, and some, and, and you know, like, I mean, I'm not gonna say like I'm the biggest, like I, I, I like college football. Right. I just don't like when they hype up teams. Alabama's yeah. a great program, but well, yeah, I mean, Alabama's always in the top, you know, top four. So it's one thing, you know, where you, and you look at all the talent that's come out of Alabama that plays in the NFL and all that other stuff, and that's great, but. You know, it's just some. You know, they're they're still human, and they still got to play the game. And you know, every week there's been other times where Alabama people have put them to the test. They've come out on top, but people have tested Alabama. And then this week, especially Texas A&M is putting it to them. And the game is, you know, at Texas A&M. So I agree. It's, we got a 38 uh, tie with three minutes left, and uh, Alabama does have the ball here, first and ten. Do we know how Jim Harbaugh did today? They they pulled it out. They they had a field goal. What happened? Get this: twenty nine twenty nine. Right, it's a tie game. Minute a uh, couple minutes left, or like a minute something left. Uh, Nebraska actually gets the ball. They have the ball. They the quarterback gets in a pile and fumbles, and Michigan recovers and kicks the winning field goal to win the game thirty two to twenty nine. So Harbaugh, Harbaugh survives another week, my friend. You definitely survive another week. Because I guarantee if he loses to Nebraska in that situation, oh, my goodness. It's a wrap. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, uh, again, Nebraska. So, Nebraska, I mean, uh, you know, 6-0 and for Michigan, having beaten Nebraska this week. Um, but, yeah, so a lot of the – a lot of the ranked teams held in that sense, like teams that were favored in those games. But uh, like I said, Alabama right now is playing for their uh, proverbial uh, number one ranking, I would think, if they somehow lose this game to Texas A&M, who for the record is not ranked, just for everyone's edification. <laughs> so yeah, so we shall see, my friends. It's going to be a, a great finish here and. Again, that is sometimes what I like about college football is you do get exciting games. Yes. These kids are playing their hearts out. You know, they're not professionals playing for money. They're playing for the opportunity to make that money. And they play hard and they go out there and give it all they got. So I do I do enjoy watching college football. But, yeah, it's uh, this one looks like it's going to come down to the wire. So we'll see what happens. We will definitely see. We will definitely see. It's been when, when, when has When Nate has his next show and he's doing a recap and he takes the glasses off again. <laughs> You'll know what happened. You'll know what happened. Yes, it's been a, it's been an interesting week six for college football. Um, I've been trying to keep up with some of these games. Uh, the Oklahoma 
the river, the Red River rivalry was what actually when I was was looking forward to. I think I actually might have got my perfect picks on Bleachers Report right for that one. Oh, look at you! Look at you, big guy. That's I nice. I think I may have gotten one wrong because because no. you said Penn State lost, right? Yeah, Iowa did win the game towards the end. Yeah, so I think I may have got four and five. I got my one. My other two college picks. I took the over in the Georgia game, and it was forty-five, and they scored. The two teams scored forty-four, so I lost by two points on my on that one. Every on the other two college games, I won, but I lost on that Georgia game because that uh, was. Now, I got three out of five because I said this. It said how many points would there be in the Red Red River rivalry? I said well, 60, 60 to sixty-nine, and they scored well, one hundred three. Right, I don't think most people had a hundred and whatever as the total. So, I, most people probably didn't, but maybe some fans of them did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, but, for uh, that, that's a, that was a that was a definite shootout. Yeah, no, that 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 is for sure, my friend. But uh, yeah. one on a side note, I will say that my you know because again, I my 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 favorite college team is a local team to me. My Northern Illinois Huskies defeated Southern the Toledo Northern Rockets Illinois. twenty-two to twenty. To go two and zero in the division and a total four and two record overall. There you so go. My, Hus- my Huskies sit atop uh, their conference in the MAC. Uh, they get they're in the MAC West, and so we are uh, number one right now, ranked or number one in the MAC West division of the MAC conference. So go Huskies, four and two, two and zero in the division. I will also give a shout out to my my school, Towson University. Oh. Uh, we got a big win today. Uh, we beat who was it? We beat, where is it? Stony Brook. We beat Stony Brook 21 to 14. We're two and three in the conference. I mean, overall, we're one and one in the conference. Um, we play William, Rhode Island next. And we go to we go to William and Mary. You're going to William and Mary to play? Wow. After. All right. So it's actually been kind of an interesting year, season so far. There you uh, go. Loss we took was the North Dakota State. <laughs> hey, the home yeah. of? Yeah, they were, no, we were we were in uh, we were home. No, but I'm saying the North Dakota State, the home of. Oh, Carlson Wentz. And. Trey, Trey Lance. Lance. That's right, North Dakota State, baby. Just they a fun the... fact: we're in the same conference as UConn. Are you really? Yep, we're in the Colonial. Well, I thought UConn was not in the Big East anymore. See, I with football and basketball, it all gets convoluted because everybody's does. in different conferences. Like, yeah, they keep moving around, so I never know who's where anymore. Yeah, Connecticut and it, was always Big East. What's the deal? Yeah, I'm still mad. I am still like not really gotten over. You know, our Lady Tigers. We had to play the. We had to play UConn. Bullshit. And we got <laughs> shellacked. Oh yeah. I mean, we got like I, we got like forty ball. That like that's how bad it was. Wow. I'm like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but it put us on the map, though. We got we got our TV time. So there you go, buddy. That's all you need. So get us a little TV time. Yep. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude episode seventeen of the podcast. Thank you, Nick, for joining me. Oh, I appreciate you, you taking your time. Uh, I know you've been going through a lot. It's been a long week. Definitely praying for you. Uh, keep you, doing sir. what you do. Keep doing what you do. Keep making your those that you support proud. Um, we hope to. My goal is to have again check in with baseball. 
Um, particularly once we get into this, the conference finals, because I think trying to keep up with all the teams can be a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> be a bit maybe for the, champ- the championship series, we could get something going, maybe. Especially, and also, too, with football and the WNBA finals, I will um, do a preview of that. I know they start the game one tomorrow, but uh, real quick, the preview for the, the finals of Mercury versus the sun, the sky. Last time these girls saw each other, they, they lost. Phoenix beat them 3 nothing. They swept them in the finals. Uh, I think it comes down to, again, Chicago's transition offense. Uh, Vandersloot, Quigley, Ka, Kalia Copper, they're all going to go off. Um, Lexi Brown also, too, you know, coming off the bench. Dana Evans, Azaree Stevens. Um, they're all going to – Steffi Dolson, they're all going to do their thing. With Phoenix – they just gotta just play, just gotta play bully ball. You know, that, I don't know what Las, I don't know what Las Vegas was saying to her. Uh, by the way, congratulations to Diana Taurasi. Ironic, she had her baby at four twenty four. Yeah, she scored. I think she scored was it four twenty four points and going to her fourth WNBA Finals. Really? So, yeah. Very well. There you go. So that's ironic. So congratulations to her and Penny Taylor. There you um, go. Without Kia Nurse, I'm a little concerned for Phoenix. You know, they just got to uh, – Scott Diggins got to go off. Sophie Cunningham may be playing, may be available. I'm hoping that they'll give Brio Hartley some minutes, some more some more extra playing time. And Shea Petty has been on has been on – has been playing on another level. I mean, her her story, what she's persevered through this season, you know, she's, she's, she's been in the mud and she's worked her ass off to get to this point. Um, it's going to be an interesting, an interesting finals matchup. So, I think Chicago's offense, I think, is going to be key. I think if Chicago can be consistent and move the ball in transition, which I know they can do, and Phoenix offensively, they can't rely on one. They got to all play. At a level, you know, they can't have, they can't really afford to have bad games. Right. You know, maybe yeah. they can all, you know, they got to all, they all, they all got to play perfect. They got to dare near play perfect if they're going to win the series. Okay. So um, we shall see how it shakes out, my friend. Yes. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the Chicago Sky are going to be the WNBA champions. Guarantee. Well, there you go. I like the sound of that, my friend. Um, I, I just, you would know better than I, so I'm going to take that. Yeah, to, I mean, just because I just – Candace Parker's just been on the tear. I think she's – this is her revenge tour. Um, I mean, to take, all, to take a number one seed out, like, again, in Connecticut, and then they're just playing – they're just playing at a different level. So I got to give it to them. A Phoenix is no disrespect. You know, they're a great team. But Chicago, man, you can't, I, I can't sleep on them. I can't do it. So – um, so definitely be on the lookout for the game one recap. Watch the football recap, Ravens recap. Um, and that's actually going to be it. We're probably going to get into some NBA preseason starting up. So uh, it's been a hit or miss with some of the preseason games. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll, once the season's over for the WNBA, I'll do a season 
recap what I liked, what I didn't like, what I hope to change. And that'll be the end of season four. Uh, season four will start when the NBA season starts, which is on the 19th. So okay. um, until then, I will see you in episode 18. Nick, thank you for joining me. I appreciate thank you for having you. me, sir. Well, thank um, you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you liked the video, please be sure to give it a thumbs up. Again, consider hitting that subscribe button along with notification bells on. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Stay safe. And we're out of here. Have a good night, guys. Thank you again. First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and tell me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it.